Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Connor, in regard to the Super Bowl, uh, I had the Eagles uh, minus one and a half. Actually, I had the Eagles. I, I played them in an alternate spread at minus six and a half. Uh, I, I thought they were going to be uber dominant. Um, and I, I have some really big issues in regard to the field. Um, not sure how much of a deep dive you have done on the field uh, that they did play on, uh, but it was not the grass that the Eagles had anticipated. Uh, the NFL took it upon themselves to add ryegrass on top of the Tomahoe 31, which I feel made it a slip and slide and negated the, the Eagles pass rush, which was a big key in the analysis, at least for me, in regard to uh, the Eagles uh, winning the Super Bowl. But curious to get your thoughts. What are your just Final thoughts on Kansas City winning. Well, the field was definitely a mess, a mess, Anita. There's no way around that, right? When you look at it, um, it's just you can't have those conditions for the Super Bowl. That's just embarrassing. But at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, both teams had to play on it. And I know the Eagles uh, were, you know, very honest about it going that way. But you're right. Their advantage was their pass rush. And, you know, it was a problem for them. They couldn't get it going in the second half, and the Chiefs just went full throttle on offense in the second half. So it's definitely a storyline, but at the end of the day, um, you know, it's it's over now, and it's, it's a tough situation to swallow if you're the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is my first time on air here on 98.7 ESPN since the Super Bowl, so I just I, I, I wanted to take the five minutes and get on that soapbox. And you're right, and, and, and I said that. Listen, both defenses, both defensive lines had to play on the same field, but again, the advantage was the Eagles, right? I mean, 70-plus sacks in the regular season, arguably uh, one of the best defensive front sevens in the history of the NFL, and Patrick Mahomes had all day back there, all day. Like, every wide, every wide receiver was, was wide open. Because uh, he just he had like a good I want to say the average amount of time between snap and him releasing the ball was over three seconds, which we both know is 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 not the case and was never the case uh, with this Eagles defense all season long. So anyway, uh, there's that uh, bigger fish to fry, and that is here in New York with Derek Carr and his visit to the Jets. Your thoughts on the quarterback free agency market? And in, in what direction you think the Jets need to head in? Well, I think at the top of their list, you, you would think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be that guy, right? Now, the problem is, Anita, as we know, time is not on their side when you look at that Aaron Rodgers situation because he has gone into his darkness retreat. The biggest question really comes down to, would he come play for the Jets? And I'm sure other teams have that question as well, including the Raiders and the Packers who are wondering, hey, is this somebody that wants to come back here and play? Or are we going to fully dive into the Jordan Love era? And then when you go through all of that, then it comes down to a guy like Derek Carr having an advantage of being able to take free agency visits right now when other pending free agents cannot because Carr was cut by his team. So he's going to utilize that advantage. We know he's met with the Saints. As we speak, he's meeting with the Jets. I would be surprised if there's not more visits on the way for Carr. And unless he's blown you know, completely out of the water with an offer that he can't say no to, and that would surprise me at this moment, 
that decision is probably going to hold off until the NFL Combine where he has more time. He could even get more of a feel and really capitalize on his market. But at the end of the day, the Jets know they need to capitalize on quarterback. They know they need to go right now. They hope to go with the veteran route because they feel like their roster is ready to compete. They look, you know, they obviously are swallowing their pride and realize they've missed on Zach Wilson right now. And they don't want to go the rookie route again and have to go through those hurdles and questions. And they'd rather know what they're getting with a floor at quarterback and Carr would give them that floor. If they don't get a car Rogers, they'll look at maybe a Tannehill hits the trade market and then things start to get a little ugly at the position. So it's going to be fascinating how the Jets balance time, what quarterbacks are interested in them, not just what quarterbacks they're interested in, and how having to pay one will impact the rest of the roster. Yeah, it's not just missing on Zach Wilson. Obviously, it was missing on Sam Darnold. It was missing on Mark Sanchez. Um, you know, here, here's here a few things I want to tee up for you. Number one, in regard to where and, and and comparing, of course, Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr, right? Like Derek Carr, very aggressive in trying to find a new home. And he has come out and publicly and has stated he wants a new home by March 15th. He wants a new home before free agency starts so that whatever team he has aligned himself with, uh, players out there know this is the quarterback that they're getting. I love that. I love that. I love that mind thinking. I love that aggressiveness. I like where he's at, right? And he's doing his 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 due diligence, the Saints, the Jets, not sure who his next visit is. As we know, the car, the Bucks, the car, the Carolina, the Bucks, the Texans, Atlanta, the Colts, Washington, Tennessee, the 49ers, all potentially in the market for a new quarterback. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is in some dark room somewhere contemplating whether or not he even wants to play football anymore. Connor? I mean, really, seriously. Yeah, I think when it comes down to it, that's kind of the story with Rodgers is nobody could ever figure him out, right? And the Jets are probably going through this exact problem right now is they put quarterbacks on a board and say, okay, who can we get at what price point? What is our, you know, maximum talent get? And it's obviously Rodgers. I think everybody knows that the best quarterback that the Jets have any kind of shot at in terms of trying to win a Super Bowl, listen, the AFC, Anita, when you look at it right now, you got to go up against Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, who just won the Super Bowl. And then the guys that are, yeah, maybe not as far behind as we sometimes think when you think of their development, and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert that can get there, if Lamar Jackson can get healthy and stays in Baltimore, which is a huge question mark. I mean, it's tough to live in a world where you're going out there and starting Zach Wilson, Mike White, even Derek Carr, as much as an upgrade as he would be, your roster would have to be much better elsewhere. And that's why the interest and intrigue in Rodgers will always exist, despite him being such a hard guy to figure out. And then there's a lot of contract and trade implications as well, how you structure the money, what do you have to give the Packers to get him. If you have to give the Packers a ton of draft assets, well, you probably need those to improve your offensive line, which is a huge thing for the Jets right now too, not getting enough publicity, which makes you wonder, would Carr and Rodgers be interested in coming there with that offensive line being in question? And I think they have a plan laid out on how to fix it. But these are the things that all come together for the Jets. And this is what happens, Anita, when you miss on a quarterback at the top, it makes it a very, very difficult situation to solve on the veteran market. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, I mean, listen, Connor, you make you make an excellent point, right? Like so much more that the Jets would have to give up in regard to draft picks and having to trade with the Green Bay Packers in order to get Aaron Rodgers and would probably cost you more of a pretty pretty penny uh, based on the contract that that already does exist uh, with the Green Bay Packers as opposed to uh, Derek Carr. It's a clean slate, right? It's a clean s- canvas in, in what you can negotiate with him and you don't have to give anything up for him. I, I just, for me, I just like, to me, Derek Carr checks all the boxes, right? <laughs> like, uh, but, but bigger picture here and that is, I don't believe either of these two dudes um, will do well here in New York because both of them are uber sensitive, right? And we both know yep. it, it takes a very special individual uh, slash athlete to play here in New York. And, and I don't know if either of them fit that bill, Connor. I think it's a great point, and I think it needs to be discussed, especially when you look at so with Carr, it's the fact of can he succeed because of that? Yes, he's he's sensitive. He um, is a guy that you know I think at times crumbles under pressure. There's the whole weather aspect, which people laugh at, but it's very real. And when you look at his numbers playing in colder weather, and when the Jets need to close out a season to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. which they failed to do so this year, and a large part of that was because of the quarterback play. Your play can't drop off as the conditions get worse. Even when you look at the Raiders' season on the line to close out this year, in the final three games he played from Week 14 to Week 16, I mean, he threw four touchdowns to six interceptions and only eclipsed 200 yards one time out of those three games. So there's a big aspect of Carr. Is the moment too big for him when the heat is on? And then when you look at Rodgers, where you don't have that question because he's won multiple MVPs, he's won a Super Bowl, He's a guy that has so much talent he can get out of it. But, Anita, you have to wonder, if things don't go great in year one, does he just walk away? So you're making that massive investment in a trade and money, and then you only have him for one year, and then you're back to square one all over again at the quarterback situation. So there's so many different risks here with these guys, as much of an upgrade as they are. And you have to take those risks if you're the New York Jets. They have no choice. I totally understand that. But you're right. There's no, there's no easy solution at hand that's a no-brainer spot. It's uh, it's it, it really is going to be interesting. Um, again, Connor Rogers joining us here at 90.7 ESPN outside of Derek Carr and, and Aaron Rodgers. 
any other quarterbacks that you are eyeing that you think have a legit possibility to end up in a Jets uniform as a starter this coming next season? I look at Tannehill because I think as a player, he's not drastically different than Carr. He's a little bit older. He does offer more rushing potential in the red zone. I mean, from 2000, uh, 2020 and 2021 seasons, each of those seasons, he had seven rushing touchdowns. He's a more vertical passer. When you look at Carr, averaged seven yards per attempt last year. Tannehill's a guy that has quietly one of the better deep balls in the league when he's at his best. There's a familiarity on this staff with both Downing and Keith Carter. So the Jets have an offensive staff that's not only familiar with Carr and Rodgers, but Tannehill as well. I think the biggest question with him is, is Tennessee interested in trading him? They have a new general manager in Rand Carthon. Is he going to be a guy that wants to run it back on that one more year of Tannehill's deal, give Vrabel a shot to make the playoffs? Or do they kind of do this retooling phase where they want to get younger at quarterback, they trade Tannehill while he has some value? The cap hit for the Jets in that situation would only be $27 million. And then you're kind of saving the long term. You're taking a lot of the risk out of it. But he dealt with an ankle injury for most of the year on and off. So there's more health concerns as well. But I think after Rodgers and Carr, the conversation starts to shift more towards a guy like Tannehill if the Titans have any interest in moving on from him. Um, Lamar Jackson, I, I don't see him leaving Baltimore. I think they either work out a deal or he gets tagged. Agree or disagree? It's a trickier one, right? So, number one, they're, they're going to tag him. And they're so, they seem to be so far apart on the money because Lamar saw that Deshaun Watson guaranteed money contract and said, okay, well, that's a new precedent. Say, I want that. That's not an area Baltimore has been willing to go. So, say Baltimore gives him the highest priority franchise tag. Well, I don't think he's going to play on that. So, then say they give him the non-exclusive tag where teams have the right to negotiate with him and a team gives him an offer he likes and he signs it. Well, Baltimore can just match it. If they say we can't lose Lamar Jackson, a team was willing to go there, we'll, we'll match that offer. If they don't match the offer, then Baltimore gets two first-round picks. Say it's an offer that they just think is out of this world ridiculous, they decide to move on. The thing is, when it comes down to it, if they have any control when this, if this trade happened, it's all said and done. I can't see it being in the AFC. I think he would go to the NFC South. When you look at the Panthers and the Falcons, those are landing spots that make a ton of sense. But at the end of the day, until it actually happens, it is really hard to see Lamar Jackson not in a Baltimore uniform until it is official. Yeah, I just think Baltimore has invested so much in building an offense that specifically suits his skill set. I just, I just, I, I find it really, really, really hard to believe. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, will he be a starting quarterback next year? And if so, where? Ooh, I got two spots for this one. I think there's familiarity in two key areas. We know he's moving on from the 49ers. There's familiarity with Josh McDaniels, with the Raiders. And then here's the real wild card that I have not seen discussed yet. How about Miami with Mike McDaniel? I think if Tua's health problems seem to be significant, which they absolutely seem to be last year, and Miami goes into the season and goes, we have a win now, Buster. We like the structure of our offense. We've made the big hire on the defensive side of the ball. But if two is one more away from missing time, we can't throw the Skylar Thompsons of the world out there. So does Jimmy take some kind of discount to be the number two in waiting in Miami to play for a coach in Mike McDaniel that he obviously really, really likes? And listen, Miami's not a bad destination if you're a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo as well. So the Raiders and Dolphins make sense. And I think if he was on either of those teams, he will be a starting quarterback at some point next season. Um. Both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley uh, will be 
in Giants uniforms next year? Yes or no? Daniel Jones, I just can't see leaving. I can't. They, they like the progress he made. I think Daniel Jones has the awareness to understand why would I go somewhere else? I have Brian Dable here. I'm comfortable in this offense. I've made strides. The offense is going to be better around me with the pieces they're able to add. I, that deal just feels like it'll settle at somewhere, maybe $35 million a year, something around that. Saquon is not as easy. Now, do they get a deal done with Jones in advance, and then they could franchise Saquon, and that buys them time to either work out a deal with Saquon that's, what, $12 million a year, $10 million a year, uh, because of his injury history, as great of a player he is, or he just plays out on the tag, and then we revisit this conversation all again next year. So I'm pretty confident Daniel Jones will be back with the Giants no matter what. I would put Saquon Barkley at about 75%. I don't think they'll pay sky high for a running back, but I think they'll be able to find middle ground or the franchise tag for him. Before I let you go, I know you and I are draft junkies, um, and, uh, and, and the NFL, the combine is, uh, is quickly approaching. Uh, Bryce Young expected to be the number one overall pick at minus 160. C.J. Stroud at plus 330. I personally believe that Will Anderson is the best player in this draft. I think he should be the number one pick overall, uh, and you could get that at 9-1. to one. Uh, Your thoughts on who you think as of right now, I know it's early, who do you think is going to go number one? I, I feel like it'll be Bryce Young because I think Chicago will get out of this pick. Now, that's the variable of betting on it, right? When Houston was in the driver's seat for this selection for so long, that's why Bryce Young – went from, God, I think I had it in October at plus 275, and he gradually made his way to minus money over the course of the season, and then Houston kind of shocks the world and falls out of the number one pick, and now you have Chicago sitting here, right? And Chicago, they need defensive talent, Anita, so you're on it. Either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, those two guys would be in the conversation. I think they'd be the only two guys in the conversation if they get stuck with the number one overall pick. They don't get the value they like, but if they get out of this pick and it's a Houston or it's the Colts, or the Panthers, or whoever makes that way up. Then the Bryce Young conversation starts. Uh, C.J. Stroud, maybe. And then the discourse in all of this, last time I looked, he was plus 500, would be Will Levis at quarterback. That'd be a bit of a stunner, but I know some teams really do like him as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that he's got the most upside uh, than, uh, than Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Uh, you rock as, all, uh, as always, Connor. Why don't you let the folks know where can they find you, podcasts, all the, all, all the things, my friend. Where can they find you? Absolutely. At NBC Sports, we do the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. We're covering the draft on NBC Sports Edge this time of year. And then on PSF, the NFL Stock Exchange podcast for football folks as well. Anita, always talking to you, especially in the offseason when things seem to get better. So I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, you and I are, are draft junkies, so I uh, hope to have you on quite frequently, Connor. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. 800-919-3776. We come back. Uh, we'll take your calls. Again, I know I haven't shared with you uh, my thoughts in, in regard to Tom Brady and why I do not believe uh, that he will come back to the NFL, why I do believe that this is legit and he is officially retired. Uh, also, all the reasons why I do believe Will Anderson is the best player in this draft and why he should be drafted number one overall. Do the Chicago Bears trade um, Justin Fields? Possibly, potentially. I'll tell you why that that that, that topic of conversation uh, should be had. Uh, and also, who do I like as the number one wide receiver taken in this year's draft? Um, I'll share all that with you next, right here on ninety point seven ESPN. 
You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, really quick, a few things. Number one, okay, let me, because uh, I know I've been teasing this for a minute. Here's here's something really interesting. Not sure if, and, and again, we've got Harvey and Joe who are producing the show. Have you guys been following the whole Tom Brady FTX situation with him and Giselle being brand ambassadors for the FTX? Can't say the I crypto, have. The crypto stuff. So, um, you know, in, in the guy who, uh, like, who ran it, Sam, uh, is it Bankman, I, I believe? He was in, in, in the Bahamas. He got arrested, right? He was extradited. He was, he, he was flown back here to the States. Anyway, so Tom Brady and, and Giselle were, are, were brand ambassadors for this FTX. Uh, I want to say Tom had over a million dollars invested. Giselle had over $2.5 million invested. And because they were brand ambassadors, there's some talk and speculation that they're going to be sued um, for for this fallout in, in regard to what happened here. And so many people like like lost millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, I I I truly believe that that this situation had something to do with their relationship. I feel that this situation has something to do with Tom Brady deciding to retire. Uh, and going to work for Fox, which, of course, the deal had been on the table since before last year, and Fox is going to be paying him a gazillion dollars. I just, my gut is telling me that there's something with this whole FTX, Tom being a brand ambassador for this whole situation, that has played a role in what we've seen happen with Tom Brady on and off the football field this last 12 months. Just, again, I'm not reporting anything. This is just my two cents. This is just my two cents. Uh, just there's there's just a lot that has not added up here for me, and and I'm sure we will know more and find out more as time uh, progresses in in regard to the situation and those that are are looking to sue and and re recap their money, and we'll see what happens. Uh, as for the NFL draft, I know it's early. The NFL Combine has not happened yet, but. I am not a big fan of either Young or Stroud. Young, durability issues. He's only he's six feet tall on a good day. He probably might be six feet tall when he gets out of bed in the morning. He's probably 5'10 at night once gravity sets in. He, he weighs about 190. Stroud can't make all the throws, doesn't have very good touch. I just And, and listen, I'm not saying these, both these guys should be drafted in the first round for teams that want to take a chance. And, and you know, there, there's a good base here to work with both these guys and developing them. But again, I just, I feel Will Anderson is the best player in this draft. I I mean, he's Micah Parsons 2.0 with better character. Big reason why Micah Parsons fell the way that he did and the Giants didn't draft him, which I think was a huge swing and miss. Um, Especially since Kadarius Tony now is now no longer on this team. Um, I just, um, a big reason why was because of his character and, and, and what was being reported that had taken place in that Penn State locker room. But Will Anderson, a five-star athlete out of high school, played obviously in a pro-style defense in Alabama, which, of course, you know, each and every year they do with Nick Saban there. 34 tackles for a loss, 17 sacks. Unbelievable. So for me, it's Will Anderson. I think he should be the number one overall pick. As for the the, the Bears... Should they trade uh, Justin Fields? 
I think they should, and here's why. Um, Justin Fields still has not proven himself and his worth as a legit passing quarterback. I love having Justin Fields on my fantasy team. Puts up a ton of fantasy points because he runs the heck out of the ball. But is that is that good for your long term? It absolutely is not. Okay? And he's already three years into his deal. And the general manager who now is overseeing the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, was not his draft pick. So do not be shocked if Justin Fields is traded. And do not be shocked if the Bears end up drafting one of these quarterbacks. Again, I think it would be the wrong move because, again, I do believe that Will Anderson is the best player in this draft. And that's who I would want on my roster if I had the number one overall pick and and there wasn't a team out there stepping up to offer me the world to trade down. So there's that. And last but not least, in regard to wide receivers, Jordan Addison, wide receiver from USC, to me is the best wide receiver in this draft. Uh, Chances are Quinton Johnson, who's favored to go number one overall from TCU. But let's be honest, if you watch TCU this season, big case of the dropsies, limited route tree runner, Not a great blocker. And these are all things that NFL teams look for. Meanwhile, Addison, better ball skills, great hands, playmaker, could put him in the X, the Y, and the Z, could put him all over the field. Coming in with a pro-style offense at USC. Transfer from Pitt. Sometimes I think we don't look back. 2021 was the best wide receiver in college football. Almost 1,500 yards, 100 receptions, 17 touchdowns, uh, and only played in 11 games that season. So, uh, so there's that Jordan Addison, first wide receiver taken. You can get that right now at plus two fifty. Uh, quick break. We come back. We'll hear from Cynthia Freeland, her thoughts on the Super Bowl, her thoughts on the jets, her thoughts on the draft next right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Uh, she joined me earlier this week and thought I, I, th I thought it'd be great uh, to, to replay that for you, especially since we talked about the Jets and the Giants. Uh, my first question to Cynthia Freeland, of course, from the NFL Network was her, uh, her thoughts recapping the NFL Super Bowl. I mean, overall, you have to admit, it was a pretty epic game. I mean, for the fact that we saw just the second time that a team in the modern Super Bowl era has come back to win from a 10-point deficit in the second half, I mean, that's pretty special, even if it's not the side of the, of the bet that you wanted to come out on. It still is pretty cool that we saw it. Okay, if you say so. Um, you know, what, <laughs> what, what, what here's, you know, it's really, because, at the half, um, you know, even though, it, and, and again, I, I truly believe that the field was an issue. And I know folks are saying, well, what do you mean? They both had to play on the same field. Yeah, I understand that. But I just, I felt like the Eagles had the advantage in regard to defense and de defensive pass rush. And that in, in the field negated that advantage for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. It negated. Like, like they just, they, they could not get any grip. And so uh, Patrick Mahomes had all day back there. Pretty much if you go and you, you really you really do a deep dive and, and, and you watch uh, the game, uh, pretty much he was throwing to wide open wide receivers because he was having like a plethora of time back there to, to allow his wide receivers to get open. Uh, but nonetheless, um, you know, just, just looking at, Patrick Mahomes in the career that he's having and you know what, what are your thoughts moving forward for the Kansas City Chiefs you know is is this is this a team that you feel is is well organized top to bottom that there's more championships to be won and potentially had for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid well to be honest with you the fact that there were nine rookies that were contributing to that Super Bowl win that speaks volumes very, very, very important to be able to keep that strength in drafting. I mean, even the ones who we didn't hear as much from, like George Karloftis, like that's the kind of guy, like maybe they're not like as like epic as Patrick Mahomes or whatever. We we are seeing, I mean, first of all, we, I think this is true as a turning point where now we're watching like the LeBron versus Michael Jordan. Like this is, the, this is our version of that. And it, it's really become that turning point. I think for like for the entire NFL now. So truly, I I think we saw some cool stuff. But at the end of the day, this just goes to show that they're great at drafting. Brett Veach has done a masterful job. That defense wasn't as strong as Philadelphia's, and yet they still managed to win that game. It was it was pretty impressive. I think we've got a lot more to come because I still think that the Broncos are a mess, and the Raiders are confusing at best. And even though the Chargers have a nice roster they can't seem to stay healthy so i still think we're going to see a lot of championships to come out of kansas city cynthia freeland joining us here on espn taking a look at the super bowl odds for 2024 kansas city is favored no surprise there six to one the bills are seven to one 49ers eight to one eagles nine to one the team i'm looking at is cincinnati ten to one uh, i do believe they work out a new deal with uh, joe burrow both coordinators return for another season um i just i'm i'm really feeling cincinnati coming into next season is there a team that your dallas cowboys a lot of people like them at 14 to 1 
Ravens, a lot of people expect them to work out the deal with uh, with uh, Lamar Jackson. They're 20 to 1. Is there a team that you're eyeing right now that you think is going to make a big push in 2024? You know, I think if you're like, if you're like, these odds are interesting, but I don't want anything to do with the trying to figure out the AFC because there are so many strong teams top to bottom. I do like the Bengals a lot, but I just think the AFC is so difficult. I'd rather like take my chances with the NFC, which to me seems incredibly vulnerable and like the potential for a team to win there. I'm not going to say I love the Cowboys because I don't, but I think that it's very interesting to see, you know, what could potentially happen. I mean, the Niners are to me a pretty solid bet to come out of the West, but I do think like, if you want to, if you wanted to have some fun with it and really see like, okay, well, I'm going to get some great, I'm, I want to just play for the odds. Like, who do you think is going to win the NFC South? Because to me, that is wide freaking open. And that's the one where you just got to make the playoffs, right? Make the big dance, and then you have a chance to win from there. So that, to me, is where I'm like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So I potentially think maybe, like, you could maybe you do a little have a little fun and you say the Panthers or you say the Falcons because you know the Saints are way over the cap again and the Bucks are in a rebuilding situation with no Tom Brady and while I don't know who's going to play quarterback for any of them I do think that it's a it's a someone's got to come out of the South somebody's got to make it to the playoffs. I hear you. Um, let's and, and, and so let's just take a look at some of the divisions out there and some of the big storylines as we head into free agency is, is upon us right now. There's a lot of conversation there. I do want to talk to you about the draft as well. But looking at the AFC East uh, and what's going on with the Jets, right? They hire an offensive coordinator that they hope will lure Aaron Rodgers, who's in some dark room right now as we speak. Uh, Derek Carr is out there for the taking as well. Uh, what what are your thoughts on the Jets quarterback situation? And we know how good that defense was last year. And, um, you know, if, if, if the Jets do land a solid veteran quarterback, which they said they were in the market for, how much of a threat do you think that they're going to be in the AFC East? I think that they're going to be a big threat. I mean, they were already knocking on the door of the playoffs last season. I haven't seen anything that would suggest that, some of these other teams are going to take the leap forward that they would need to. I'm very, truly, I hope that that Miami figures out. I really want Tua to be like the healthiest he could possibly be, and those number of concussions like that's scary. So you know that I, that to me, I, I just really want him to be okay, like as a human being. So that that one's a little dicey. And also, look, the Bills are going to be good, but the Bills obviously they're going to come up against some cap constraints this year. That's going to be different. So. I, I think this Jets, especially because you got seven teams that make the playoffs from each side. Like, I think if they land like the right veteran, like, and have, we've seen them have epic draft classes. I mean, to have both the D-Roy and the O-Roy, like that, you are doing something absolutely right. So, uh, they they could be in, they're well within striking distance. Do you do you think Aaron Rodgers ends up with the Jets? What, who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback for the Jets next year? For whatever reason, I just don't see it being Aaron Rodgers, in part because that feels like too much like a Brett Favre move, and like that just doesn't feel like something. Like I just don't feel like Brett, like that Aaron Rodgers, like, no, no, Brett did this already, we're good. <laughs> so I'm just like, mm, okay, you know, I, I don't know. Like, it's just interesting to me, and I don't know. I, I can see it, but I, I'm, I wouldn't bank on it. And I, 
for whatever reason, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with, you know, just the Raiders in general. Um, because that one could be a place where, like, a sneaky reunion of, like, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, if he still wants to play. I don't think it's in Green Bay, though. Um, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued with what happens with the Patriots as well. I do love the hire of Bill O'Brien and what that means for Mac Jones. So, and, and I think Mm -hmm. people are sleeping on the Patriots. Just my two cents. The AFC North, I told you, I do like Cincinnati. I think they bring back Jesse Bates. They rework the deal with Joe Burrow. Uh, They're in a really good situation cap space wise. I'm really intrigued with Cleveland and, and Deshaun Watson. I know he looked absolutely horrible this season, uh, do they write that ship? AFC South, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Jags do. Second year with Doug Peterson, of course. Um, and, and, of course, we talked about the AFC West. In the East, I like the Giants. Uh, they've got the third most cap space. I do believe they bring back both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Um, they've got a solid, solid amount of draft capital. What are your thoughts about the the NFC East? A lot of people are loving the Cowboys heading into next season. What? Okay, this is like Cowboy season right now. Like, when do people not love the Cowboys at this point in the year? It's like, oh, the Cowboys bring everything. Like, we always talk about the Cowboys until something happens, like in October, and like things shift. But whatever. Like, you know, okay, Cowboys are good. I, I, yeah, okay. I also believe that. It's going to be interesting. That whole the the NFC East is, I think, it, it's a difficult division. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with the Commanders. So other than them, I'm doing a little asterisk there. Uh, I, I think it'd be I think it's fun to look at the Giants and see this this early in the game though. It's really hard to say because the reality is is they are they kind of in a good way overperformed this season in terms of wins. I mean, all those one possession wins that kind of like fell their way were were good, but. You know, you gotta gotta remember, like that gets harder when you have a harder strength of schedule. So, I mean, I I like them. I don't know if they're Super Bowl contenders quite yet, but I love Dable, and I I can't I can't get enough of what they're doing there. I just need them to sign a few more players that really convince me that like their secondary is a little bit more fortified. And you know, obviously, you gotta get to the point where you can stop the run a little bit. Like, there's a few things there where you know you you have some some question marks as well. And the NFC North, let's talk about your team, the Detroit Lions. A lot of people like them coming out of the NFC North the next year, this, this next season, especially if uh, Aaron Rodgers is no longer with the Green Bay Packers. Um, do you, are, are you banking on Detroit this next season? No. No. <laughs> Have you seen the Minnesota Vikings? What are we, no. Minnesota Vikings, I think, are in good position, in, in good position right now for that situation. And, and look, I, I know that we, they got to address their secondary. I love their new defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, my college, my college friend, but you know, that's a, that's a good team. And as long as like Justin Jefferson's there, like the lions need an entire new defense. I think Carolina is still running against them. Like, I don't know if they've even stopped in the seasons over yet. Like that was wild. So it's not like, like, look, I, they took a huge step forward this year. I love the progress, et cetera. But like, you got to have a defense. Like that was that was a problem. You can't just have a one rookie pass rusher and call it a day. You need a secondary. You need linebackers that can help. You need to really be able to create pressures from all over that front. In the NFC West, the 49ers, what do they do? Hashtag champagne problems, right? With with Brock Purdy, okay. um, 
you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of Trey Lance. Um, I, I do believe Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be playing somewhere else. Uh, and, and, and of course you've got the Rams that are looking to, um, rectify what a horrific season they had this past year. How are you looking at the NFC West this, uh, this, this off season? Yeah, NFC West is interesting to me because a lot of stuff will come down to like some key some key decisions, right? So for example, you know, Arizona, it looks like they're not gonna have Kyler Murray to begin the season. So that's gonna be different. They need to really fix their defense other than basically Buda Baker. They didn't get a pass rush and JJ Watt also retired. So that's a problem. So they seem to be vulnerable. Seattle, I think, is always it, it like surprised us all last season. And Geno Smith with those deep touchdown passes to start the season. But you got to back that up with follow-through for the entire season long. And there, there's some, some issues that they need to address in their pass rush as well. Then you got the Rams. Are they going to be healthy? Like, that end of that last season, like, the wheels just came all the way off. They really need an O-line to protect Matthew Stafford. They could be good again pretty easily. They've got a lot of top-end players, but they don't have depth. And then you have the 49ers, which, again, their champagne problems – to me, they're like they should be like they're your Super Bowl favorite coming out of the NFC because it's not like they don't need a quarterback, but they don't need a top end quarterback. So they can make do with a lot of different situations and scenarios that other teams couldn't, especially with the the team that they already have in place. So I'm looking at that team and I'm thinking, okay, it's it's going to be the 49ers to lose. However, I, I'm not writing the Rams off quite yet because you know they still have Aaron Donald and they still have Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, and if 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 it's able to be like a little bit, you know, more healthy and it's able to be a little bit of like more what we saw two seasons ago and they don't need to rely on their depth as much, then it'll be good. But they need some help in pass catching other than Cooper Cup. Cynthia Freeland joining us here on ESPN. Before we let you go, I know you're heading to the combine. The draft will be here before we know it. Bryce Young sees CJ Stroud, the two quarterbacks. A lot of people feel will go one and two. I personally feel that Will Anderson is the best player in this draft uh, to be drafted number one. Will Anderson is nine to one. Uh, Bryce Young is minus one sixty. CJ is plus three thirty. Who do you expect to be the number one overall pick right now in the NFL draft? You know, I told my another college friend Ryan Cole, the GM of the Bears. I told him to tell everyone that he wanted to, to draft a quarterback because I felt like if he told everyone that, then maybe someone would come up and play with him and trade. But the reality is, is I don't think anyone's going to play with them. So unless they want to jump ahead of the Texans who may or may not be drafting a quarterback first, like, and I know that could be crazy for people, but I, I think I, I'm with you about Will Anderson. When I had a mock draft, I put him first. I wasn't allowed to make trades. I don't think people are going to come trade with the bears. That's just such a huge amount. It's just a, such a huge ask to get all the way up there. So in reality, I hope it's Will Anderson. That's where I would put my money right now if I had to guess. But again, the way that this draft season evolves, we could see, you know, free agency will dictate a lot of what we see in the draft. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. One last question for you, and that's wide receiver. A lot of people feel that Quentin Johnston will be the number one wide receiver taken. You could get that at plus 165. I personally like Jordan Addison, and you could get him at plus 275. Who do you think is the first wide receiver taken? Ooh, I like that one. Um, let's see. Who do I have first in my mock draft? I'm going to see. What, 
there's a like this is like to me there's more of like a like a flavor of it's a flavor of wide receiver like Quentin Johnston okay like I, I like Jordan Addison a lot it's it's what kind do you want right so to me I I might go TCU over all of them okay. All right. I hear you. I hear you. She's Cynthia Freeland. You can see her all over the NFL network joining us here to uh, break down um, what is to come the next few weeks, let alone month in the NFL pertaining to free agency as well as the draft. Cynthia, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us each and every Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN throughout the NFL season. So appreciative so great having her. Uh, so I thought it'd be great to have her one last time. And and I'll have her on as, as we get closer to, of course, the draft. Uh, she's going to be heading to the Combine, and, and we'll have her finger on the pulse of the draft better than most. Uh, quick break. We come back. We're going to switch gears, heading into our final hour. We're going to talk uh, the Genesis Invitational happening on the left coast. Tiger Woods did make the cut. What can we expect today and tomorrow? Also, we'll be getting you ready for... NBA All-Star action. I've got a pick and a play for you in both the three-point contest as well as the slam dunk contest. Also, no NFL, but the XFL kicks off today on ESPN. So uh, there'll be four games this weekend, two today, two tomorrow. I've got plays in all four of those games. Also, Harvey and Joe are producing the show. Uh, We're going to have some fun and we're going to draft our NBA teams, as we know, there's Team LeBron and Team uh, Giannis. So, and we won't, but we won't know what those teams are uh, until 30 minutes before tip-off tomorrow. A uh, little, little hiccup uh, that they've added now in this All-Star game. So, still a lot more coming your way. Anita Marks with you. We kick off hour number three next here on 90.7 ESP.